What does AI think about the future of psychotherapy? You're listening to Psychology in 10 Minutes. I'm David B. Feldman. Okay, so today I'm going to invite a non-human to co-host the show. That's a line I never thought I'd live to say. If you've been paying attention to the news lately, you've probably heard about ChatGPT, the new artificial intelligence developed by the company OpenAI. Sometimes called a chatbot, you can type it messages or ask it questions in everyday language through its website, and it will respond. You may also have heard that university professors everywhere are in a bit of a panic, given that ChatGPT can write papers and even answer test questions. By the way, as a professor myself, I asked it to do just that in one of my courses recently, and it didn't do a super good job. But could it write an episode of Psychology in 10 Minutes? Well, let's find out. A few days ago, I gave ChatGPT the following prompt. Quote, write a script for a podcast episode about how technology will change the future of psychotherapy. Unquote. Though its response was originally written out in text, I ran it through a text-to-speech app. So let's hear what it had to say, with occasional pauses for some fact-checking of my own. Over the past decade, mental health care has experienced a significant shift in how it is delivered. With advancements in technology, people now have more options than ever before. One of the most significant changes is the rise of online therapy. Studies have shown that online therapy is just as effective as face-to-face -face therapy. Online therapy offers patients the convenience of being able to access therapy from anywhere and at any time. This means that people who live in rural areas or who have mobility issues can still receive therapy without having to leave their homes. So here's my fact check. This is pretty accurate, but with an important caveat. It's true only if the online therapy we're talking about is traditional therapy delivered over video chat platforms like Skype or Zoom instead of in a therapist's office. In fact, in 2022, researchers from the University of Kansas published a meta-analysis in the journal Telemedicine and eHealth, in which they reanalyzed data from a number of past studies containing head-to-head -head comparisons of the two therapy formats. Overall their efficacy for treating depression was roughly equivalent. There was also no significant difference in dropout rates, meaning that clients tended to stick with therapy about equally well, whether it was delivered via video or in person. Interestingly, however, another meta-analysis appearing in the journal Clinical Psychology, Science and Practice found that while dropout rates were the same between video and in-person therapy, they were higher for phone-based audio-only therapy. So, the details matter. Of course, there are other ways of doing online therapy besides audio or video, including email and text-based therapy. The jury is still very much out on whether these are equivalent to in-person therapy. And just between you and me, I suspect they're not. Now, back to ChatGPT. App-assisted therapy is another emerging trend in the world of mental health care. Smartphone apps offer users access to evidence-based therapeutic interventions, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, 
mindfulness-based interventions, and problem-solving therapy. For example, imagine an app that uses cognitive behavioral therapy to help people with social anxiety disorder. It would provide users with a series of exercises that could help them identify their negative thought patterns, challenge those thoughts, and replace them with more positive and realistic thoughts. The app would also allow users to track their progress and provide them with feedback on how well they're doing. There's a lot to discuss here, and frankly, probably not enough time to discuss it. So here's what I'll say. ChatGPT is painting a little too rosy a picture. It's not exactly inaccurate, but it's not the whole story either. The problem is that there are so many mental health apps out there. Last time I checked, the global market size for these apps exceeded $4.2 billion and growing. Moreover, tech companies unfortunately sometimes develop mental health tools without paying too much attention to their scientific backing. Rather, the emphasis is, understandably, on putting out a product that people will use, like, and of course, pay for, the same as any other app. That doesn't mean they're not effective, of course. Many of them probably are, and some companies even put in the effort to research whether they are. But given the variety of apps available, it's really hard to make blanket statements about their effectiveness as a whole. Take it away, ChatGPT. Now, let's talk about the future impact of artificial intelligence on psychotherapy. A potential use of AI is the development of virtual therapists. These therapists would be powered by AI and would be able to interact with patients in a way that is similar to a human therapist. For example, imagine a virtual therapist that is designed to help people with depression. It would ask the patient a series of questions to assess their mood and provide them with evidence-based interventions such as behavioral activation or problem-solving therapy. In sum, the future of psychotherapy is an exciting and rapidly evolving field. With advancements in technology, we have the potential to provide mental health care to more people than ever before. If you're interested in learning more about the future of psychotherapy, be sure to tune in to our future episodes. This last part definitely made me laugh. ChatGPT is trying to get you to keep listening to the podcast, which, of course, you should. Thanks, ChatGPT. Honestly, it's fascinating to hear ChatGPT talk about the potential for its brethren AIs to become therapists. I like that, unlike the previous two topics, it didn't assert any conclusions about potential effectiveness. It just stated what's currently in development. And it's all true. A number of companies are working on therapeutic applications of AI. Some of these amount to using AI to advise human therapists about the right interventions to use. But many involve creating virtual therapists. In fact, apps like Replica already incorporate basic therapy techniques into their AI chatbots. But that's a far cry from virtual therapy in the truest sense. Will technology someday be able to replace human therapists? Maybe, or maybe not. As a psychologist myself, I'll admit I find the prospect a little threatening. But it's definitely got its upsides. According to a 2019 article in the Journal of Medical Internet Research, with one of the best titles ever, Your Robot Therapist Will See You Now, virtual therapists offer opportunities to engage hard-to-reach populations that might normally not be able to access traditional therapy. It may also free up time for human providers to see more complex cases. But 
it carries a number of ethical dangers as well, including the potential for misuse, such as using less proven technologies to replace more proven and better established services, as well as the possibility of exacerbating existing mental health inequities. In other words, there may be a danger in the future that people with greater privilege would be able to access a human therapist, while less privileged people would be stuck with AIs. In short, there's still a lot of work to be done. In the end, I find ChatGPT enthralling. It's fun to play with, and it's a potentially useful tool for assisting human beings in myriad ways. But the future of AI systems like ChatGPT definitely also gives me pause. Are we really ready for all the ways AI is going to change how we do business, how we get our information, and even how we relate to other human beings? I'm not sure, but I hope this episode has encouraged you to consider these questions for yourself. And that was Psychology in 10 Minutes. And here's something to consider. Each episode of Psychology in 10 Minutes takes more than 20 hours to produce. But you can support the podcast in only two minutes. Consider rating the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've listened to more than one episode, that probably means you like what we're doing. So consider becoming a patron for only a few dollars, something you might normally toss away for a cup of coffee you can help bring great psychology content to yourself and others. Just visit patreon.com slash psychology in 10 minutes. That's patreon.com slash psychology in one zero minutes. And as always, thanks for listening.